Welcome back to the Quiet On Set podcast powered by Cinnamon. I'm Yuan Graf, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Lachlan Tealy. Dune trailer. Dune trailer. Dune trailer. That's right. A Dune trailer released, and we watched it. But we we're did. not going to talk about our thoughts. On here, we have our own separate thing that you can find on Patreon. We kind of react to the weekly releases of the trailers. I fucked yep. this intro up so hard. I'm... <laughs> No, rolling, rolling. We so are, we are rolling. It's free, by the way. It's free. It's also on a YouTube playlist uh, that you can find under the playlists. Uh, it's also linked below this video. So trailer reactions you can find there. Then uh, I mean, maybe it's just that you've been on holiday for too long. Like, and you were on holiday. I've been. I'm you came still on holiday mode. You know. Yeah, that is totally fine. Uh, I watched a couple of new releases this week. I watched Joyride. We might be talking about that one uh, next week a bit more extensively. We'll see. I watched a film that's coming out in August, and I already see I've already seen it premiered in I think in Sundance, The Pod Generation. We'll be talking about that briefly, and I also caught the new Mission Impossible film. This week we are covering the weekly big movie that released. So let's segue <laughs> into this really packed episode. Yes, like that's the thing we do. We we do cover the big movie of the week. <laughs> I love that. Uh, all right, let's queue up the intro and get into the show. We are professional. This, this is a professional podcast. Yes. Breaking that and better for song. Hello there. <laughs> Which actually did you this get is me a hat a as bit... well? Um. Yes. So I've got Dune Cam. It's just a camera <laughs> with my Dune steelbook. Okay, uh, Lachlan, I'm not going to ask you yet about your holiday. I think I'm saving that for what we've been uh, watching or I guess what we've been writing. Sure. Oh, damn. He went into Top Gun Maverick. Uh, dude, I just watched Born to Fly, the uh, Chinese clone of uh, Top Gun Maverick that they delayed because it kind of uh, would have come out at the same time. Sick. The way that he took over those classes. Oof. Got me gushing. Uh, but no, let's talk about the news uh, and the, uh, well, the trailers that we watched, you can see our full reaction there. Uh, we also watched Killers of the Flower Moon and Bob Marley. Uh, they had a teaser trailer for Bob Marley that was like three minutes long. And <laughs> like, there was like a one minute long montage in it. It was so much of it. Uh, and, and in Killers, uh, if you want to check out our, our non-spoiler review that we already got out from Gun about it uh i think the trailer is decent uh getting the hype ready but maybe showing a bit much but that's the trailers if you want to hear more video link below uh but i do want to talk about something um that has caught my eye and that is that greta gervik is set uh to take on uh two of the chronicles of narnia films for netflix uh, we've gotten an adaptation, a movie adaptation of the first three of those uh, total of seven novels. Um, welcome on. Are you familiar, obviously, with Greta Gervig, but uh, are you familiar with the Narnia films? Have you seen them when you were a kid? I am. Uh, I yes. really like the story of Nadia. Nadia. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this, if I'm totally honest, because mm -hmm. it's... Fucking Netflix, bro. Damn Netflix. And that has me worried that there are many Narnia books mm -hmm. to Seven. adapt. At least the first. My phone started talking to me for a second there. It just said. <laughs> a Narnia fan. In eight minutes. Okay. I mean, okay. good to know. My phone's a Narnia know. fan. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and we get a good, like, first film, I guess, for kids back in, like, 2000 and, like, whatever the yeah. film came out but we've never had something successfully continue and mm -hmm. i think narnia could be that i think narnia has enough stuff and substance in it to yeah. be like an, the next big like fantasy epic mm -hmm. i just want to see peter jackson do it you okay interesting do you think these i mean there's an incredible amount of like christian themes in there and i feel like greta govic would be someone fun to take kind of that on I feel like it's not as fantastical as maybe something that Peter Jackson would be perfect for. Because there's more of like the, at least the first two are more of like young kids. And I don't really know. I know that the third one is the one where they were on the ship and Will Poulter was there. I don't know what that one it was about. I never watched that one. Um, and then the next one is like the silver chair, uh, the fourth one, which I think a lot of people really like. I do own all of them. I've never read like past, I think, 50 pages in any of them. Uh, but if they like, depending on what they adapt, do you think they start from 
the first book or do they maybe yeah. start with with a later one you think so if, if greta is set to do two it, then yeah i don't, I don't know I, I think they just said like said that they're doing two narnia films they didn't say that they're, rebo- mm. they're rebooting the films so i don't know i don't know because like there's not the same characters in all seven of those uh books you know some of them they all die they all die uh they, mm. they don't they go to go to heaven it's a christian book uh but but so no there's like different characters you've got, uh one two three like post 2000 narnia yeah. films lion witch in the wardrobe mm-hmm. prince caspian and yeah. uh the voyage of the dawn treader i never saw that one yeah i haven't seen Actually, the third I don't one either i think i saw the second one either I think I've seen that one, but I only have like loose memory. I do have like vivid memories of the first one. It was one of those movies that I definitely remember uh, seeing a a bunch. Um, And yeah, yeah, wasn't uh, like wasn't was it Tilda Swinton or Kate Blanchett? It was. uh, It was definitely Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Um, Yeah, some iconic stuff in there. Look, look, I'll definitely be watching. Uh, I think this kind of leads us a bit more into a new segment that I want to introduce in uh, on the podcast, and that is uh, discussion time. The, the title is pending, but it's discussion time. Discussion time. Discussion time. Discussion time. So my question is, Lachlan, should art house directors work for mainstream blockbuster movies too, or should they stick to their lane and just like the art house crowd that's not making a ton of money? Like examples here before we get into discussion mode is uh, some as of recent Greta Gerwig. She's also doing Barbie. So she's kind of molding the two together. We haven't seen it yet. Don't know how much of a success that is. But also Barry Jenkins doing the uh, live action uh, prequel to the 2019 version of Lion King. Uh, And someone like uh, Chloe Zhao, who won like Oscars for uh, her film Nomadland, then taking on uh, the MCU film Eternals. Now, long intro, short. No, that actually wasn't short. Welcome. What do you think about this? I think it is completely valid. Mm-hmm. I totally think that art house directors or, or or independent filmmakers should be allowed to do blockbusters. Yeah. And I have one really good reason, and I only have one reason. Do you think they should? Or are you kind of like in the same, like they should stay in their lane, like don't even bother? Everyone should stick it to their lane. Now, I feel like blockbuster cinema um is getting more franchised as as it gets along and uh, if there's no unique voices that are willing to like stand out because like once you are in the machine in the big turning machine that you can't stop and you can't steer you know you're essentially just steering the big machine that's on a roll you do need someone who has enough of a unique art house like voice to maybe bring something interesting into these like a bit of spice into blockbusters so i feel like it definitely adds to it i don't like it when it's like someone like james cameron who gets obsessed with avatar and is basically only doing that for the rest of his life when i feel like we (laughs) could get a lot of like different things out out of him but i guess we're just getting a bunch of blue sauce for for the rest of his days so, so I, I'm, a, I'm a bit torn. It really depends. Like, I, I wouldn't say that, like, Nolan is someone who's art house, but he has famously done, like, the one for me, one for you, like, similar to maybe someone like M. Night for a while when, when it worked so for him. You know, it, you go back and you're forth. You're literally on my reason. There are plenty of filmmakers who won't, wouldn't have made their most, or wouldn't say their most, but one of their most successful films if they didn't do the one for you one for me mentality Mm -hmm. there is a lot of filmmakers who have to make a film for a company before they let them do their own thing yeah christopher nolan's a perfect example we wouldn't have inception if they didn't do the dark knight yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. like they wouldn't let him do that he did prestige which was great wasn't commercially successful but they fucking killed it with the dark knight so inception comes around uh, yeah, another, like uh, Spike Lee, uh, he he's yeah, oh, like yeah. notorious Spike for Lee, having yeah. a one for you, one for me mentality, mm-hmm. and it works for him. He has some absolutely, unfortunately terrible films, which are mostly the ones he does for other companies. Yeah. But then he comes out with like Black Klansman, and it's mm-hmm. fucking dope because he wants yeah. to make this movie, but he had to go and do 
What did he do beforehand? He would have Old done... Old boy, uh, of course, but just before... Uh, that was ages ago, right? That was ages ago, yeah. Uh, let me actually have a quick look. It was 2013, Old boy. Well, there you go. Had the bit of a bit of a. I thought that was longer ago, but I guess it wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was so bad that he had to do like music videos, and <laughs> now nah, he's been doing music videos forever. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, but he's you know, yeah, like like a, a one for you, one for me mentality is 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 a really good way of being able to make your film that you want to make mm -hmm. with more money than you would probably get if you didn't already have a commercially successful film. Yeah, Bowie yeah. Zhao is a great example of someone who had a pretty good run of like successful independent films mm -hmm. then did eternals and was absolutely trashed on and i uh, what, what is chloe Zhao doing now uh, i think she does have like another film in the works but i forgot what it is hamnet director hamnet the story of hamnet. Ag uh, angers the wife of William Shakespeare as she struggles to come to terms with the loss of her only son. And yet, I don't remember. Okay, cool, sure. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Paul Mescal. Paul Mescal and Jesse Buckley. Buckley. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Luck just Dude, save it. Paul Mescal hype is, is my forte. You can't, like, you're treading on my territory right now, Lachlan. Sorry, um, sorry. Look, look. Let there me go is... get hyped over something else. <laughs> Did you see that video of Paul Mescal training? I was like, Dude, and then it was like another like really old video that uh was was making the rounds on social media of Harrison Ford working out, and I was like, <laughs> young men or Harrison Ford is going at it. But I feel like a, a counter argument to this would be kind of the A twenty four route that some directors have gone on recently, namely Robert Eggers and Ari Aster, uh, who who both uh, had like two films that were big. That didn't cost a ton of money. And then they made like two movies that cost a shit ton of money that then bombed. And we haven't really seen what the consequence of that is. Uh, like, obviously, they got to tell the Northmen and Bo is Afraid. That was like the, the thing that they wanted to do. So they go back. To, like, it doesn't need to escalate. Like, I feel like currently Hollywood thinks its budgets need to. Like, it, even this latest Mission Impossible film costs like $290 million. It, it's crazy. Uh, and it's not all just inflation. So I, I don't know. I don't know if there's like, it, obviously like dead and not really selling out to make a more mainstream product. But I feel like with the Northmen, they were hoping for maybe a bit more of the mainstream attraction for it. With Bo is Afraid, like that was never going to be that. To answer your question, should they? If they can. But if there's not a lot that they get out of it. Uh, if it's like just like completely selling out to make a product that any other person could have done, then I feel like it's definitely a waste. As it is with most questions, there's a bit of nuance mm. in there. I'm not gonna yeah. lie, I did not listen to anything you just said because I sure, discovered typical. that Chloe Zhao, Chloe Zhao directed a uh, trailer for Diablo Four, and I was watching that. <laughs> oh, okay. In it, that's interesting. That's so random. Okay. Is she, yeah. Why is she, does she know the game? Is she is she like into gaming or? Uh, ah. Great question. I'll go ask her. I'll back in a second. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Because all the nomads are in the land of Australia. I mean, you never know. Again, you watch three hundred episodes of One Piece. I'm never questioning anything ever. You could totally do it. Yeah, uh, but I'm talking about I watched three hundred episodes when it like came out. I haven't watched it in literal years. There's just fair, so many fair. episodes now. That I just can't do it. I saw someone yesterday with like a big old like uh, One Piece shirt. But that wraps it for this week's discussion time. Uh, so let's get to what we've been watching. All right, Lachlan, I'm eager to hear what you were up to in the week and a half that you were on holiday. Tell me about it. I went on holiday. Yeah. Wow, riveting content. I love it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so fun. Good, so so good. you just relaxed? Um... <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no. So uh, I went... Uh... <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. I was wondering how long I could hold that for, but it was just oh. too much. Um, we uh, went down south. With mm. my partner, we went down to. We don't want to hear uh, about that, Luckman. It's uh. Sorry, uh, <laughs> forgive me. Uh, mm -hmm. We went to the southern 
part of Western Australia, not all the way down south, but we went to a place yeah. called Margaret River. Yeah. It's a gorgeous uh, area. Uh, you and If you want to pull up Google Maps and yeah. type in Margaret River, you can kind Margaret of have a look at it. River. And it's full of wineries and beautiful beaches, but obviously that right now it's beautiful. Winter, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can show wow. you like uh, some photos that I took uh, of where we went. We can pull them up on uh, screen here as we talk about them. And we can describe them as well. So here's sure. me on a, on a rock. Here's me on a rock uh, nah. taking a photo uh, by the ocean. It, it's, it's, a, it's a gorgeous location. Uh, it was super windy, like super, super windy uh where we were um mm -hmm. you can kind of see it in that video that i'm showing you on the screen uh how windy it was like the, the everything is just like like you can see my jumper just like blowing around mm -hmm. but yeah no mm -hmm. it, it was lovely uh we ate a lot of food ate a lot of food i shit mm -hmm. you not like we ate a lot of food mm -hmm. uh <laughs> and uh yeah we watched a couple of movies Mm -hmm. as well interesting um, so if any any of you haven't been around the podcast long enough i might have told this story but uh <laughs> my partner and i we've gone down to margaret river multiple times it's one of our like favorite places to go and one time we went down uh there i made her watch all of the star wars movies so in an act of revenge and to make it fair uh she was allowed to pick the movies we watch, mm -hmm. and we watched three rom-coms. Oh, okay. What rom-coms did you watch? So we watched uh, 50 First Dates. Mm -hmm. Yes. We watched Me Before You. Uh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I <laughs> have seen, I think, all of those <laughs> as well. You've seen them all? Yeah. Yeah, uh, cool. So it was a hard, like, time. For me, because I'm really? not a rom com. I'm not a rom com guy, unfortunately. I'm just not someone who enjoys romantic comedies. The only yeah. one that I enjoyed was probably the Adam Sandler one. Yeah, that one's kind of sweet because it's Adam state. Sandler. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. do enjoy that. Yeah. And Drew Barrymore, I love Drew Barrymore. And there was a lot of cameos in that film that I found quite funny. Yeah. Uh, but uh, out of them all, I would say that uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days probably the best film out of all of them. But mm. the best movie was Fifty uh, First Dates. Yeah, uh, and the only other thing we watched because we went to a place called uh, Miki's Open Kitchen, and it's a deconstructed Japanese place, mm -hmm. and they make the food in front of you. You have like seven courses, and uh, uh, when we went there, uh, I realized that Tanika hadn't seen the menu. Uh -huh. So after after going to like this restaurant where they have a bunch of people making food in front of you in a kitchen. They come out, they describe the food to you, they tell you about it, they tell you, they get like pairings of like wine and whiskey and sake. Like, it was great. Mm -hmm. A lot of money. I spent like 300 bucks there, oh, the wow. two of us, for like a seven course menu. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, we have to watch the menu. We mm -hmm. have to. Cause you didn't see that? I was like, you have to watch this. This is like great. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it was good. So we watched the menu as well because it, like it was like a perfect pairing. Mm -hmm. So we made this joke that, like like they were picking the person next to us was a like a food critic because they kept critiquing <laughs> things quite heavily they're like this oh. wine doesn't go too well it's too <laughs> acidity or whatever <laughs> i we made the joke that i would make the pairing like how they pair like wine and food together like yeah. i would pair a movie with each like dish that comes out yeah, yeah. so i'm the movie pairing guy at the, at the um kitchen so yeah uh, we watched four movies while we were there, and uh, I had a great old time. But yeah, like, like maybe we can uh, throw up some pictures <laughs> from uh, your time down there. But uh, I, I was also kind of busy uh, with uh, heaps of stuff, but I did make the time to uh, go to a couple of press screenings, and I watched the uh, Pod Generation uh, really odd movie that is like slightly set in the future. Uh, it's with Amelia Clark and Tvetel uh, Eofor. I'm so butchering that name, but you know him from his roles in, I guess, uh, 2012, The Martian and 12 Years a Slave. That's, I guess, what he's most known for. Um, but here he's the husband um, to 
<laughs> his wife uh they live in the future and it's like completely rid of any sort of nature uh so he's more of like a purist he like uh is a uh, biologist and like grows his own plants and stuff like that and it's basically the dilemma of them having a kid uh and in the pod generation they can grow the entire kid in like an egg and that's the whole movie uh but it has like a bunch of ideas that it never really uh basically gets into in a really interesting way and it kind of flip-flop around with the character's motivations that it ends up being like really messy. Uh, again, interesting sort of premise, but doesn't really execute on it. And Enjoy Ride, dude, probably the funniest movie I've seen all year. I, I know we are still getting like something like Bottoms from Emma Seligman, who I really love. Uh, uh, last film, Shiva Baby, was incredible. But Joy Ride, uh, just a really raunchy comedy that's like so much. Like, have we gotten a movie that is similar to uh, Hangover since The Hangover? I, I can't think of, of one that kind of comes close. Um, and this one, like, goes there. And it's actually, like, incredibly funny. It had me, like, laughing out loud, like, so much. Like, I, I don't even, I, I can't even count how many times it was. Uh, so definitely go give that a try. It should be uh, out in a bunch of places um, soon. And I also caught a couple more things, but... I won't be getting into them on here. Uh, as you know, link below or, or on Patreon, everything for free as well. You do get an extended uh, what we've been watching for this little silly boy who can't contain to just watching like Lachlan four movies in a week. No, it has to be 25 or something like that. Uh, but I'll be talking about uh, the blackening, sick of myself. I also caught uh, all of Only Murders in the Building. Not a huge fan, I can already tell you, but they did send me season three. That's why I caught up with the first two seasons and, and a couple of more things. But uh, yeah, that's it for uh, what I've been watching. So let's get to the big movie of the week, uh, Insidious, The Red Door. Lachlan, can you read us the logline? Yes, of course. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team embark on their most <laughs> dangerous mission yet to track down a terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity before it falls into the wrong hands. Yes, Ewan, follow me here. I know where I'm going okay. with this one. With sure. control of the future and the fate of the world at stake and dark forces from Ethan's past closing in, a deadly race around the globe begins. Ewan. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, contains a confronted by a mysterious, all-powerful enemy, Ethan, is forced to consider that nothing can matter more than his mission. So uh -huh. if you choose to accept it, because this will self-destruct in like the next 30 seconds, Shit. nor not even the lives of those he cares about the most, or Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls on the wrong hands. That's a very short version of that. You and... Fucking Sidious the Red Door. I was never going to see it anyway because I fucking saw Mission Impossible was coming what? out. So I went and saw that movie instead. So we're not doing Insidious. We're doing Mission Impossible. <laughs> Hostile takeover heisting the podcast. And oh, I see you just added the entire section for Dead Reckoning Part 1. Lovely. Love to see that. Uh, I guess we're not doing Insidious the Red Door. Cool. Um, no. It's not a great movie anyways. Uh, no, don't delete it. So much work went I'm into it. I'm going to delete it. Uh, but yeah, I, I watched that one. Wasn't great, but uh, well, spoiler alert, it isn't great. Um, but let's uh, talk about Mission Impossible. That is such a long logline. Um, I see I there's, there's two different versions to this. One of them is the IMDb one. The long one was the one from Letterboxd. Uh, so the Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. Uh, that's the part one to this, this two-parter series with Tom Cruise continuously trying to almost kill himself with these crazy stunts. Uh, here I also heard... I feel like it's it's bound to happen at some point. But they're, they're probably pretty safe jumping off cliffs with a motorcycle. Can't be that bad. Uh, but yeah, this movie is quite long. It's two hours and uh, 43 minutes. Um feel like the yeah. next one has to be longer again because I rewatched all of the Mission Impossible films. So, by the way, talked about this last week on my bonus what we've been watching thing if you're interested in my thoughts on that. But uh, they've been longer each segment, like the seventh one, just like gradually increased. Uh, so it, it has to be longer than the last one. Um, I, I guess you already mm -hmm. caught this, luckily. I didn't know that it was out because like for most people, it is not out until the day after this 
um, podcast comes out. We will be talking spoilers in a minute, though, but you will be warned before we get into that. Uh, so far, for, I guess, the critics who've seen it, it's been received pretty well. 3.9 on Letterboxd, 8.3 on IMDb, and an 81 on Metacritic. And like we previously mentioned on the show, it had a budget of $290 million. So it's got to make a shit ton of money to break even. Uh, Lachlan, what did you make of this latest installment in the Mission Impossible series? Uh, by the it way, was I, okay. I, I accept the mission, by the way. I never accepted. And it, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's self-destructed anyway. So yeah, no, it's long gone. You had no choice. But yeah. you said it's okay? Uh, it was okay. Yeah? Yeah. I think that Mission Impossible Fallout may have set the stakes quite high for what mm -hmm. a Mission Impossible movie could be because yeah. that was a really good film back mm -hmm. when I watched it. This film, similar to another part one that we have watched fairly recently in the Spider-Verse. Oh, yes. Yes, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It suffers the same thing. It doesn't feel complete. And that's obvious because mm. it's a part one of part two. That was always going to happen. But yeah. I just don't think that this film is wrapping itself up neatly for me to kind of wait. Infinity War had a thing where it was like, here's the big thing. Now you got to wait a whole year until we get the Fast next X as one. well. Brilliant ending. Everyone's in yeah. jeopardy. I liked this film. Yeah. But. But. It's unfortunately got the one issue that John Wick 4 didn't have and it's overstays its welcome with action. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause I feel like recently Indiana Jones also had like a, a bunch of sequences that the action was a bit too long. Cause I feel like they mm -hmm. also went like no budget, like there's no budget constraints here. Just do what you want. And they extended it a bunch. I think a lot of the action is actually like really, charming because it's like based in character stuff but it is quite long i agree um but uh, like, yeah was there something specific that doesn't work for the action for you because i noticed that like the intercutting different bits th that were happening at the same time it really dragged like especially the really big sequence with the motorcycle uh we're not talking spoilers just yet but uh that sequence was like really 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 long until we get there which one the the one uh with the, the motorcycle you know, up the hill. Oh, like, right, right, right. It no, cuts back to Ethan even, a bunch. It's, it's the, it's the, like, for me, so for me, uh, to, like, summarize it, uh, the, the film is fine as, as a film. It's completely fine. But yeah. the two critiques I have is that, one, it feels, in, uh, like, incomplete. Sure. Incomplete? Yeah, incomplete. incomplete. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel incomplete, mm -hmm. just due to the fact that it's a part one of part two, and that's fine because... I just have to wait for the part two to come out before I can be like, yes, okay, it's a finalized story now. We've only got one half of the story. The other part is that the action overstays its welcome, which sucks for a Mission Impossible film because you're going mm -hmm. in to watch Tom Cruise jump off a mountain. But it's not that. The first one that I noticed it was the car chase scene. Yeah. That yeah. goes on for it's a really long. very, yeah, yeah. very long time. Yeah. And I'm sitting there I'm like, why are we still here? Why are we not doing more? Why yeah. can't we have more of Rebecca Ferguson? Because there's a pretty intense scene that happens later on, and it would have been more impactful if we had more time with her. Yeah. We don't have that. I, we I don't have a lot of time of character building when we know that the characters are at their most vulnerable right now. Mm -hmm. So they decide to do more action than make it more character, and that sucks, unfortunately. I, I think that's kind of the issue with part ones and twos that um you essentially got one bigger story that you drag out over a longer runtime which doesn't lend it there's there's not like sometimes not more happening but just the one things that are happening are longer and once you just get like longer extended bits to something that the finale ultimately like feels kind of a bit lackluster uh which i i didn't feel as much with i think this one this summer, who's had like a two-parter, which was, uh, well, this film, uh, Fast X, and also Spider Verse, and uh, there might be another one even. This one, I think, does it best. Uh, yeah, where I, did, where I minded it the least, that it just kind of a continued story. But um, looking at the rest of the franchise, 
the way you talk about it, like Fallout, obviously the last one said like a high standard. Do you think it falls just short of that or where does it rank in the rest of the, the franchise for you? If I'm going to rank it with the rest of them, I'd probably say number two is all the way at the fucking bottom. Yeah, agreed. He's trash. <laughs> Uh, maybe, like, mm, Mission Impossible 1, then 3, or, uh, and then it's like, okay, so two's right at the bottom. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. agreeing. Two mm -hmm. right at the bottom. Exactly, yeah. F fuck that stupid film to bits. Uh, then we go... Wait, I do have a list for you here, by the way. I would probably go... Again. Just to reiterate, just in case you didn't get me the first time. Mm. Number two, right at the bottom. <laughs> at the bottom. Um, right at the bottom. What did I give that? Did I rate two? I gave it a one star. Nice. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I gave it a two star. I think I don't think it's that bad. Uh, it's like so over the top and different that it's kind of funny <laughs> at times. Like the, the, the oh, amount God, of flips he does. So much. Yeah, it's mm. not great. I'm not a fan um, of John Woo. Okay. Two. Oh man, I haven't watched them in a while. Okay, so I'd definitely go Fallout at the top. And yeah. then I'd probably go uh, Ghost Protocol, Dead Reckoning. Uh, mm. Yes, Dead Reckoning, <laughs> Mission Impossible 1, uh -huh. Rogue Nation 3 and 2. 3 and 2. Okay, so you got 3 very much at the bottom as well. I feel like 3 has a great villain with Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, but the rest of it isn't like as, as great. Um, I have followed at the top. I do really like the smaller stakes of the first one. Uh, worked really well for me. And then Rogue Nation and Ghost Protocol. Like everything between Rogue Nation, this one, this latest one, Mission Impossible 3 and Ghost Protocol, you could pretty much interchange them. I think that they're on the same level of quality for, of a film to me. I think I'm getting Rogue Nation and 3 mixed up. Well, yes. I am. Ah, okay, yeah. Free is the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, explosions yes. in your head. Switch it. Switch it. And yeah, Rogue Nation is the one that introduces... I, I think it introduces Rebecca Ferguson. Look, the thing is, in Ghost Protocol, he also already goes rogue. He, he does go rogue in pretty much all Jeremy of them. Which one has Jeremy Renner in it? I think from Rogue Nation onwards, he's, he's in it. Uh, no, Lingus. he's already in okay. Ghost Protocol. No, no. Ghost Protocol is his first one. And then in Rogue Nation, he's more of like the main also one of the main guys and then yeah he's 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 in it from there on out well i guess he wasn't in the latest one yeah i will have to rewatch them all to give you a definitive answer that's fair i did rewatch them all and already rogue nation and ghost protocol are blending into like the same movie for me it's really hard to distinguish and mm. like okay so maybe look before we talk spoilers i want want to bring up discussion time again discussion time it's discussion, discussion time is time. Mission Impossible the most solid franchise that we've ever got? Discuss. No. No? What beats it? Human Centipede. It is pretty solid, although the shits probably aren't. I still have not seen a single. I, I refuse. I, I don't want to. Like, this okay. has to be a punishment sure. for something, but I'm, ne I'm never going to see that film. Okay. Unless I need Joke aside. Joke aside. Uh, look, the two things. Solid as yeah. in... Solid as in the most... Consistent, the most consistent. Consistent. Yeah. See, okay. So I had an argument with a with a colleague a few months back about uh, James Bond and Mission Impossible, and there is a clear winner out of the two. Yeah, Mission Impossible, right? Oh, <gasps> I said James Bond. Ja no, James Bond is so inconsistent. Like no, no, but I'm not stinkers. saying consistency, right? I'm saying I'm oh, saying peaks? It's evolved. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it into, also has like into something way better. It has like four times the amount of movies in it. So, but Mission Impossible obviously hasn't been around as long. Yeah. But has obviously got a different audience going for it. Yeah. Now I I prefer also, James Bond because I prefer like super secret spies and being yeah. cool and shit instead of mm -hmm. just running away from stuff. And but I will continuously go back. To watch the stunts in Mission Impossible. Like, the whole reason I got excited was I know that they threw Tom Cruise off a cliff. And, yeah. like, he is basically just a CG <laughs> character in every other scene except the action scenes. 
Um, yeah, he's not showing up unless it's something with action. He also recently he said his action. <laughs> he also recently said that he'll like continue acting and doing this until he's like in his eighties, which is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Good luck to him. Yeah. Whatever juice he's drinking, I want it. Uh, because man is absolutely crazy when it comes to doing stunts. He, I'm sure his insurance policy is like it, it's through the roof. Yeah, I do have yeah. two things, two franchises that I would kind of list here also i do have in the discussion in the discussion section I, I linked like a wikipedia article to all of like the the biggest franchises um and to me the ones that stood out were toy story because even four i feel like wasn't that big of a like downward trend for this it's just really consistent and the other one maybe a bit more controversially because people didn't love the second one uh guardians of the galaxy uh like mm. those two uh like pretty consistent to me i mean it gets more complicated once there's more than like four movies in a franchise both of those don't exceed that at the moment um but like star wars had some stinkers uh all of the disney princess stuff had stinkers mm. harry potter like the wizarding world mcu uh batman uh transformers they you know, even I, have I one good one the rings but then i realized the, the hobbit, hobbit is part yeah of that right franchise and it fucking ruins it eh? Uh, again, James Bond, great movies in there, but also pretty bad ones. Avengers, there's Ultra, ones. there's Age of Ultron. Although, like, there is the second Mission Impossible film. Um, and I was gonna say, this is the like the outlier. It's such a massive outlier. I still, I think two is not a great film, but I still yeah. think that like Rogue Nation is better. <sighs> like, I, I feel like it is. Like, there's an argument to be made that it, it is like one of the most consistent franchises. Um, maybe just because I really enjoyed my time rewatching them. Um, although they have like a cheesy nature to themselves. G.I. Joe. <laughs> it was shit from the start. Yes, it's very cons Okay, that would be a whole different argument. Like what's consistently shit. Because uh, yeah. like then maybe Twilight is like the most consistently mid. Uh, but yeah, that's that, that, I think that's that argument. I would argue that yes, potentially. Mission Impossible is the most consistent franchise in its quality. Uh, even if it dips with two, I feel like it's a lower dip than a lot of other franchises do with their worst mm. outings. Uh, but that closes the discussion in, in the prompt to discussion time. It, it's done now. Let's get back to spoiler talks. Spoiler talks about Mission Impossible. Dead Reckoning Part 1, a really long title. Where do you want to start? Spoiler time. If you haven't seen it already, get out of here. Get out. Mission, if you choose to accept it, is to go see this movie for the next three hours of your life. Uh, how funny is it that it's the entity. artificial intelligence? It's the entity, dude. Uh, okay, so, so I, I already Calling sent the people out to... so funny. <laughs> it's already sent to people out who don't want to hear spoilers. Uh, but if you go in, have like yourself a drink and drink every time they say the entity, you'll be shit-faced by the end. It's like... Oh, it, man. You'll it be shit-faced 20 minutes in. It, it got so funny, like early on. Because they, they overuse the term so much. Um, <laughs> I just found it funny. Uh, that's like, to me, this this movie obviously like is going into, it, it's a bit more serious in, in parts, like in the, the overall thing, than I, I feel like pretty much all of the other ones are, even if there's like big bombs that go off. Because it feels like once this weapon is used, there's no going back. It's just like completely fucked. And it hasn't really oh, yeah. felt that way before because it also has like a lot of like th this is an idea that's uh, interesting outside of this film. And it's also one of the first movies that is tackling like, I don't know, that's using AI of its recent state. My, I don't know. I guess there have been a bunch of AI movies, but it, it feels oddly like um, on a quick turnaround for using AI as the villain here. Um, did you like the villain the entity so far or what the fuck is the villain i don't know like i don't know it's such it's, a, it's, uh, like, it's your it's, fate you don't have any bad guy to latch onto. the only bad guy you can latch onto is um do you think robots latch onto what's his name uh adrian uh sebastian no it is it is sebastian. gabriel 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 yeah gabriel's the bad guy the, the guy who has yeah. In the flashback for Hunt, you uh, need to have you need to have a physical bad guy. You can't just have a sunken artificial intelligence that somehow is getting a radio signal out of there and is connected to everything else. 
if that's how I'm reading the story. Uh, but like, you have to have some physical object that's in there, and that's Gabriel. Mm. He's the bad guy in this film, not the entity. Also, let's agree to not call it the entity for the rest of the podcast. What do we call it? E. Let's do some E. e. Let's do some E. <laughs> e. T. ChatGTP. Okay. Let's call it ChatGTP the entire time. <laughs> ChatGTP. Okay. So I feel like there's a ton of characters in this movie, and most of them are used well. I do also like the return of someone like Luther. Uh, that dynamic between Simon Pegg, uh, him, and and Ethan Hunt uh, works kind of well. Like I feel like one of the best sequences of the film is that thing in what is it Abu Dhabi or Dubai, uh, like at that international Abu airport. Dhabi. It, yeah, like the the face replacement thing, the you know um, leading them astray. I think it's it's pretty tense, um, and it also uses the uh, uses chat G, chat GGP, uh, the mo- in the most interesting way of like you know tricking them, uh, playing with their emotions, um, kind of playing into hey how powerful is this thing actually, and um, them figuring yeah. that that out as they go is is pretty thrilling. Um, so I feel like that would be my my favorite sequence in the whole movie. What did, what did you think about like that that pretty much that opening thing there? I thought the airport scene was quite fun, especially mm-hmm. with there being a bomb. And Simon Pegg's character has always been a standout for me. Benji yeah. has always been uh, just like a, a a fun character. He he's the you know the the slapstick guy, the comedic guy. In any of these films, because he's bringing yeah. this light-hearted natureness to him, he's quite, quite soft and delicate. And obviously, then you have that compared with Ethan, who is the most unemotional man ever, going through one of the most emotional arcs you could think of by having another one of his love's interests die. But you know what they say: move on as quickly as possible, Mister Hunt, because as soon as. <laughs> Like you know what? As fucking soon as Elsa's uh, uh, yeah. dead, it's just like Grace is my everything. I must protect her with my life. <laughs> Th- this is like moment that worked really well for me because essentially the ideolo- the ideological idea of the one Ethan Hunt is it's essentially like one uh, against the many, and he doesn't care mm. for his life. It's like she goes like, "Oh, I don't even know you," and she's like. Uh, my li- my life is always going to matter less than yours. And I was like, damn, that's mm. that's that's a line. That's intense. Um, and I feel like he doesn't yep. just. It works for him as a character that he says that because he he lives that as well. It's not just that he's trying to impress this uh, little Brit over there um, and get into her pants, but he actually means it. Um, and that is interesting for the character. I feel like Tom Cruise has never given me much as this character. But I don't fucking need it. It is it is still like really <laughs> thrilling. It's so much fun. Um, and yeah. I, I did have a ton of fun with the sequences. Whenever it did go, like there, there were, there's a ton of just in the room dialogue, and it's supposed to be like, what does this entity fuck? What does this ChatGTP thing mean? And that just gets stale really quickly, and it just gets funnier and funnier as you go on because it's so ridiculous. Uh, and that that drags the movie down a bit because uh, I feel like, especially in Fallout, they just had something that kept everything going uh, from scene to scene kind of seamlessly. And here they feel like they're, they're, they're jumping around a bit more. Uh, also in time, like the amount of flashbacks you get uh, for, well, it's not a ton, but like for Ethan, I don't think he needs that backstory with Gabriel. I, I don't think he needs to have like his initial thing to get into because Gabriel is not the main villain. Um, so it gets a bit conflicted. Yes, he like, is. I, I guess he is. I, I mean, it would be really funny if, like, you know, <laughs> the G in JetGPT stands for Gabriel, and he's the bad Gabriel. guy after all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you think about about the cast? Anyone else apart from uh, Benji, who's who stands out to you? I mean, no. I, I I've always loved Benji's character, but I, other than that, I mean, I'm not here for the story at all. Like, I'm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the same with James Bond, I guess. I was never in the story for James, like I was never in James Bond for the story there. Never, like, you never in James Bond, huh? I'm never in James Bond, right? 
I'm coming back from holiday mode. My brain's still fucking restarting. <laughs> You're 007 uh, inside. Oh, God. Just had to do cheeks. Uh, but but <laughs> Mission Impossible still delivers and over delivers on its freaking stunts, man. They're mm-hmm. just so good. They're just so good. There's just something different about Mission Impossible stunts. Yeah. And I feel like the one that they hyped up the most was one of the ones that I like i wasn't that hyped about yeah because they hype it up he goes up and then he flies off it's it's incredible what he does actually but the way that they use it it's like cut away from him like once he's he's opened his parachute there's nothing more that they do with it because he (laughs) okay the way that he enters that train he has every bone in his body broken he breaks down Mm -hmm. the door It, it, it makes no sense and it's played for comedy he should be dead he, he, yeah, yeah, plenty of time over, but he's Tom Cruise, baby. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, in Mission Impossible 10, it actually is like revealed that there's just like a hundred clones of him that just get replaced. <laughs> he's actually just purely digital. Um, but yeah, that that's crazy. And um, I was I was hoping for a moment where he actually needs to land on it, um, on the train. But they never do that because uh, maybe it wasn't. I feel like it probably wasn't possible for him to like do the stunt where he lands on the train. So it was like, no, can't do it. Can't do it because someone else has got to do it or we got to do it differently. No, I just got to fly in um, feet first into the wall there. Uh, so, so yeah, I feel like the the train sequence was a bit like too much of back and forth, back and forth. Was that one of the other action sequences that you thought would, were too long um, or was it mainly the, uh, the car chase? It was at the end when, you know, jump, run, yeah. Yeah, do it. No, no, no. No, the the thing is, the thing is, you are still just like uh, petty that we still have not gotten anywhere close to a good Uncharted movie. And there's that one sequence with the train as well. You know, I saw the trailer where they're hanging on in the carriage, and I thought, oh, that's giving me a lot of um, Uncharted vibes. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we haven't got an Uncharted movie yet, so (laughs) I can't really say anything. (laughs) He's living in denial. Uh, yeah. Um, what else is there? What do you think about... No, I live in Australia, <laughs> not Egypt. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh is making a movie about you. Death on denial. Uh, yes. Okay. So, Hayley Atwell. Uh, new character here. Someone who's a bit different from, like, not having a super badass comment, but someone who's, who's a bit clumsy, who's capable, but a bit clumsy when it comes to the, the ancient work, which I found kind of interesting in parts, but then also it didn't really fully work at times. What, what do you make of, of her character? Because I feel like Cruz and her had a ton of chemistry. And that's rare because Cruz doesn't have a ton of chemistry with, with a lot of women. What do you it's think? It's because she's young. She, she, she uh, hi, yeah, I guess she's, she's young, but... Uh, I th- I thought halfway through the film, I was like, are they going to slowly kill off the old Mission Impossible team and bring in a new Mission Impossible team mm-hmm. to, like, replace them? <laughs> so this just... got me thinking. So this got me thinking. Yeah. Who is going to replace the rest of the team? All right, it's discussion time. It's discussion time. <laughs> She's bringing You're... out an impromptu discussion time. Jesus. I feel like Chad GPT should we be on need... the team. Okay. We are making a new Mission Impossible movie where we have to kill off all the old guys yeah. and bring in a new team. So we have to kill off Tom Cruise, okay? Tom Number Cruise one. is Tom killed Cruise, off? He's killed off. We have is to have a new Ethan Hunt. Jeremy Renner We've also needs to be Rebecca killed Ferguson off. Ferguson killed in. off. Uh, yeah. Well, no, we're just talking about the main main four in this film. Yeah, but Rebecca he was... Ferguson, okay, Tom okay. Cruise, Sean Penn, and uh, Ving Rhames. That, those are the... Four that we need to kill, okay? One's already right. been done for us. Rebecca Ferguson, RIP. She's done. Yeah. Let's not do Tom Cruise first because he's the big boy money. <laughs> Let's start with uh, Vin. Uh, so we need, sure. We need somebody who has charisma and style points and is just cool. Robert without R- having to do Ryan anything. Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. I would rather shoot myself in the face than have another <laughs> Ryan Reynolds movie. <laughs> No, it's it's like, you know, it's Mission Impossible free guy. No, it's called the Adam Project. The Adam Project. Um Stop with I, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Just I'm prepared. This is kinda hard to do. Uh to come up with someone. So I have an Who's idea. Who's another hacker man? I have an idea. Okay. 
Austin Butler. As not a replacement for someone else, for Vin? No, no, for Vin. For Vin. Austin Butler. Okay, okay, I'll go along with it. Okay. Yeah. Go along with it. All right, cool. Let's sure. move on to someone peg. Someone peg. All right, we need somebody who, I feel like is, who can do. Yeah. I, I, I want a, uh, a female role in here because I feel like there's a dynamic that you could have to play between Vin and Benji. Course, there's a sexual chemistry that they have a bit, like something that's going yep. on there. Uh, yep. So we yep. do need that. I mean, they could be a gay, of course, but um, I feel of like. Course. We go for it because it was so funny that they kill off uh, 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 Ilsa before uh, Grace comes on. Because, like, hey, they can't have more than one attractive woman on the team at a time. There's a limit, no, man. And there's a limit. Two opposite sides <laughs> of the table in that one other scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would I would love to, like, shift in Vanessa Kirby just because I feel like she she's a oh. ton of fun in this already. Um, do you have anyone? That comes to mind for Simon Pegg. Someone who's really quirky. Hear me out. All right, ready? Keep yeah. Your, keep, keep your mind open, all right? I'm so open right now. Austin Butler. <laughs> ah, I see. This is the bit where you name the same character over and over again. I feel like I do kind of already know maybe where you go with Tom Cruise. But I'll I'll, 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 um, I'll humor you. So uh, <laughs> we have two Austin Butlers. That's going to be difficult to stage, you know? What about the leading man, Tom Cruise? Austin Butler in Dune 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that will make sense because then you could do a shot where he's shot outside of, out of a cannon and his head is already so rounded up and propped up with makeup. Something like that train sequence would make a bit more sense if he jumps in head, mm. head first. He would be the headbutt guy. He would be the headbutt guy. Uh, this was great. Okay, look, in all honesty, in all honesty, uh -huh. I would probably, I would probably, if I'm going to get somebody to come in to replace Simon Pegg, I'd probably want to get someone who's quite charismatic and funny. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's really hard to do because Simon Pegg's humor is like super unique in, in some sort of way, at least in a British humor kind of way. Yeah. So I don't really want to go away from British actors. So, so let's pick an Australian oh. who does a British accent, please. <laughs> yes. Wait, isn't no uh, Austin Butler's not not Australian, right? Uh, no, he's no, a, no, he's I not. I cannot figure no. him out. I just like his his ethnicity is uh, Elvis Presley. Uh, so hear me out, is. all right? Someone who's like pretty popular right now and Jenna Ortega is pretty pretty hard hitting. Uh, -huh. hard -hitting. Jonathan Majors. <laughs> It's pretty hot hitting. I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, is that a bad joke? God, I oh feel like it's a bad joke. God, yeah, because I mean, we still don't know what's what. Like, it's it's still unfolding. I don't know. I've hundred percent. Does anybody know on. what's happening? <laughs> no one knows. I feel like it's up in limbo right now. Um, what if we get sure. uh, Michael Sierra to come in? Michael Sierra? Uh, he. He hasn't done anything in I always years. say Sierra. I always say Sierra. I don't know why. I say C and I go C, Sarah. D I, anyway, this, I don't this, know. This this segment, similar to the the film, has gone on for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't have any ideas. Because I feel like Tom Cruise for this role is kind of great and kind of what we need. So I, I don't know. I don't know who could replace him and it wouldn't make sense to continue on. Because I feel like this series should, should just die with him miles teller <laughs> that i mean that is actually not a terrible pick uh but Thank but yeah you. let's get back on track with uh the movie um and what else do we want to talk about there's a search for the submarine um the whole key thing or the amount of times that like someone has secured the key and then they lose it 10 seconds later I, I kid you not, I think they do it like 15 times, maybe 20 times. Um, so in my review, in my initial review, I just called it Mission Impossible Dead uh, Wreck Key Ning. Because uh, that's what the movie's about. It's just a bunch of keys. Yeah, what, what do you think about like the MacGuffin here in a, in a purely action movie? Uh, you think that was kind of good, bad? Thoughts on the key? Well, you have to have some sort of possession for them to go after. Again, because this... <sighs> The enemy is completely digital. There's mm. no, and and they don't know where it is. So you don't have somewhere you can go. So you have to have something that you can get. But if it's one thing, you're going to be fighting over it for a while. So splitting it into two makes mm -hmm. sense. 
Then splitting sure. it into two and then having some ripoffs and counterfeits helps extend that runtime even further. But at a certain point, I'm just like, can we get these fucking keys already? Can we yeah. just hurry up and do something? Because I was hoping they would do like a get the two keys, right? Mm-hmm. Two keys. Like, obviously, shit happens. It's Mission Impossible. Shit has to happen. Shit has to happen. In they go. They find out the location of this entity. They unlock it. And instead of killing it, they fail. Mm -hmm. And it enters the World Wide Web. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's just And that's the end of part one. Wouldn't that be wild? It would be wild. And I feel like, uh, I don't know if you could do it in Mission Impossible on on deaths. Maybe you could. Um, Because they have that interrogation scene in one of them where, like, they... Uh, show the guy that his bombs have went off and they read the manifesto uh, on air and then it's revealed that, uh, you know, they actually just staged that. Um, and I don't know. And here to Fallout Go, because in that moment, I forgot that it's staged for like a second. I was like, that's sick. There's like the our heroes have failed and here's what they have to do after that. And they never go that round with a route with Mission Impossible. And I feel like the way this movie ends, it already feels pretty much like a victory. Uh, it is kind of a soft reset because he did get away. He has the whole thing to himself and everyone on his team is kind of safe right now. Uh, and I did feel like it's a bit of a safe ending for this movie that has a lot of like stakes that it then probably gets back to uh, in the second film. I don't, I don't mind stunts over story. I don't mind the MacGuffin chase. Uh, I just wanted a bit more back and forth because what I really liked about the Mission Impossible films is that uh, he sometimes has to compromise for a bit and actually like kind of work with the with the bad guys Uh, and then well just try to navigate its his way through so he ends up on top usually through like a really incredible stunt or sacrifice and that formula for Mission Impossible works incredibly uh, well. Uh, yeah, so, like, you know, a finale like uh, Fallout was so thrilling. It was, like, smaller stakes with the potential of, like, huge disaster, but it was just, like, in it was personal with, with his uh, ex-wife there. And we don't really get that as much here. Um, but ultimately, I think, good action movie, right? That's what we can say. It's a good action movie. Good action film. Good action good film. film. Uh, anything good else? Good film as well. Like, good film, yeah, 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 yeah. Good film. Um, anything else you want to add before we get to our ratings? No? I have nothing, sir. Okay, so, Lachlan, what is your rating for Dead Reckoning Part 1? Man, I feel like you're going to trip when I say my rating, because you're either going to think I'm lying or I'm taking the piss, but, uh, I gave it four stars. (laughs) Yeah, we were really focusing on, like, you know, the parts that didn't work for you, but damn, that's even higher than me. I'm I'm giving it a three and a half out of five, and I I I really liked it. I had so much fun as well. Uh, but to me, I just kind of want to keep like three, four, five, and seven on the same level. Yeah, six was Fallout. Uh, they are kind of all like the same quality to me. So I don't want to give this one the edge. Although I like, I really liked that car chase sequence when they roll over and like the back and forth between them tied <laughs> up. It's just like, you know, because that type of action stunt has been done countless times, car chases. But how can you make it? The only thing is that it's kind of like, it's like women drive bad. That's not like great in this. Uh, but but yeah, I feel like I'm giving it uh, the benefit of the doubt that, I don't know, she's British. She can't drive with, I guess, the car thing on the other side. Uh, that, that's not great. But the rest of the choreography was great. Uh, we also never talked about Paris, Pom uh, Clementif. Her character was kind of just like a bit of a meh thing. Uh, her arc and it's done. She's dead. Yeah. Anything else we missed? I don't think so. Go check it out yourself. It's a good time. Well, I also enjoyed seeing uh, Kittredge from the first one back to CIA director. A bit more of a actual role in this one. Um, but yeah, and the only thing left uh, for, I guess, Mission Impossible is to pair it up with uh, another film. Like, what do you pair up in a double feature with Mission Impossible? It's a quite simple one. Yeah. Uh, it's No Time to Die. There you go. No Time to the Die. Last Okay. James Bond with Daniel Craig and the last Mission Impossible with Rebecca Ferguson, most likely. Mm. We don't know. She might not be dead. She, they could just pull anyone back at this point. And maybe the afterlife is just like, uh, it's, it's just like in chat GPT. 
Uh, we never know. Could be. Uh, I'm going with a motorcycle film because the promotional stuff is leaning heavy into that one stunt. Uh, and I'm going with Easy Rider, a movie that I haven't seen myself even, but I do really want to see it. So, uh, yeah, probably be watching that this week. But all the other stuff that you can watch this week is, uh, I guess, this film. Because by the time this episode comes out, this movie is not really released in most places unless you live down under like... Lachlan in Australia, then I guess you already, I didn't know about this. Like you really railroaded me. <laughs> We're just like, hey, let's do Mission Impossible. I didn't know that you could already hey, see it. Hey, guess what? Guess what though? What? We still don't have uh, Asteroid City. That's in really? August 10th. Yeah. We wow. Still have Asteroid City. Okay. Well, I'm seeing past lives uh, tomorrow and we are not getting that until uh, August. So, uh, Again, I think we're talking about Joyride next week. That's in theaters now in the States and should be uh, more internationally this week. Uh, I, I know for you, Lachlan, in Australia, it's also already out. But over in the States, in limited release, and then later in the fall as well internationally, is uh, the Sundance Darling Theater Camp that uh, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, there's a bunch of, I guess, the up-and-coming actors that are doing quite well. Um in there uh, doing theater stuff and uh, as a uh, I guess retired theater kit myself I'm looking forward to this one anything else you want to add Lachlan or is the mission closed discussion yeah give us feedback on discussion time do you like it should we should we sink it do you like it Let's sink it like a submarine the most awkward way to end the podcast <laughs> no <laughs> like and subscribe new episodes every week check out the uh, West Anderson bracket the bonus videos link below. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye.